Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician, and so are you. And I got to tell you, today is going to be one of those conversations that you are going to rewind over and over and over again. In fact, this young man is so spectacular. We took him from the one show that we were doing, The Artist Impact. And I don't know how many of you are hip to Artist Impact, by the way. I will put the link in the description box for you. But we are rolling with Artist Impact. And this one man came on and really like devastated all of the panelists. It was pandemonium on set because he absolutely has it going on. His name is Josh Ritchie. He's from Ontario, Canada. And uh, I'm telling you, you're going to love him just as much as I do. Brother, what's going on today, my friend? Not too much. It's a good day. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm excited for this. Well, we absolutely appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come on. And I guess I guess the first question I would have for you, Josh, okay, is what the heck are you trying to do, man? Are you just trying to flatline the rest of us with that wonderful noise you're making or what? Yeah, um, I think I think really what I'm trying to do is just uh just share my music with as many people as possible, really. Like I don't I I I suppose I do have plans mm. um, and ambitions and stuff like that. But really th what they all kind of boil down to is just getting out there, sharing music, meeting people and, and traveling, sharing, sharing my stuff and sharing what I have to say and hoping that uh, other people find it interesting or insightful or useful to them. And yeah, like I uh, really, Really, I just hope that I can do for for some people what my influences did for me and just mm. like open their eyes to a whole new world, whole new way of thinking of things and just 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 yeah, just try and try and try and leave a little piece of me with uh, everyone that I can get access to their ears to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, you definitely, uh, like I said before, you flatlined us on artist impact. And I Thank think you. there was a lot of influences. You spoke of that uh, just a second ago. But uh, who did you grow up listening to? Because my understanding of your story is that from the time that you could walk, you had an instrument in your hand. So yeah. how were you exposed to music? Was that through your dad? Or tell us the story about that. Yeah, so my dad was in a touring band called Tanglefoot that um, was kind of like a folk roots band. Uh, they toured all around Canada, the U.S., and a little bit of Europe. Um, and like, so like, music was just always around. Like any family vacation we went on was just following dad around on tour. Yeah. Um, and so music was always close, but to me. But when I was getting a little bit older, um, like past kind of infancy stuff mm -hmm. um my mom bought me a u2 cd for my birthday back when cds were kind of a thing u2 u2 yeah and yeah. that blew my mind wow. like hearing i can't remember i can't remember what the album was specifically i think it was like a best of kind of thing mm -hmm. but when i first heard like sunday bloody sunday and yeah. the songs that were really like about stuff that mattered mm -hmm that like blew my mind and my very young <laughs> mind. Um, and yeah, ever since, ever since then, 
I was really into music with a purpose and music mm-hmm. that's really about things. Not mm-hmm. ne- not all like politically or um, protest songs or just stuff like that, but something that really like like there that has a point to be written. Like sure. there, there there's something that the artist has to say yeah. and has to get out into the world, and that that really struck home with me. So um, you, you like that music with substance and exactly, essence, yeah. right? And yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just no, don't I be, feel yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that really opened, and it also kind of opened my, my eyes to like rock and roll kind of thing, which is sort of the world I feel I am in now. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I got into like, some of the more classic stuff like the Led Zeppelins and the Pink Floyds and, and, but then also got into sort of like some new wave stuff and yeah. some like, uh, 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 Oh man, it's escaping me right now, but sure. some new wave stuff and some, some like alternative rock stuff. And like nowadays my music taste is all over the place. Like it doesn't genre doesn't really matter to me as much Certainly. as like what you said, the essence. Yeah. um so like yeah on my record collection i've got like some miles davis some nina simone some uh uh, stevie wonder some some jeff rotal some pink floyd some u2 some mumford and sons like i'm all over the place man (laughs) um yeah and just like um as i kind of got more into uh playing music and writing music i just like saw anything i can listen to is an opportunity to learn from mm-hmm. and kind of steal stuff from sure um and like yeah so like i i love to sort of cross genres and steal little little elements from other stuff and and kind of see how i can make it work for me um yeah like it's all just tools of expression that i That's just right. and i want to collect them all kind of thing that's right. You know, it's really interesting because one of the panelists on, on the show, again, I'm, I'm plugging the show, as you can tell, because I, I want people to check out the episode that you're on. Uh, but uh, one of the panelists, uh, Orlando Watson, uh, made a reference to you being like the second coming of Prince because you do yeah. dive into all of those things. And you said even with respect to uh, New Wave, but did you did you um, well, w- let me let me uh, recite this quote from Prince, which he said, you know, that great musicians borrow, but the best musicians steal. So I heard you say that yeah. twice that you yeah. actually was stealing things in order to make this organic blend of uh, your music. But what do you call your sound? I mean, with all of the from Jethro Tull to Stevie Wonder, what do you call the Josh Ritchie sound? Do you have a definition for That's it? That's a very good question. Um, it's I I kind of think um, of it as sort of like like reminiscent of the kind of like sixties and seventies singer songwriters, um, like the the early Elton Johns, the mm-hmm. Joni Mitchells, the Peter Gabriels, the even Prince and um, like that kind of thing. Because like I I like to hit sort of both ends of the spectrum like i'll do an intimate little one instrument voice kind of tune but then also we'll do like super souped up hardcore rock and roll stuff Mm -hmm. um and uh 
I like to not only like record that way um, and uh, uh, put put uh, like tracks down that way and kind of stuff like some live off the floor stuff and some heavily multi-tracked stuff. But yeah. it's also uh, something I like to put in my live shows. Um, so like uh, just recently we did a live show where I started a second set just myself and an acoustic guitar with just like one condenser mic right in front of me and kind of bluegrassed it really intimate, really, really kind of soft to just, just to switch stuff up and to, uh, to hit another sort of like angle of expression. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think that, yeah, it's just kind of like ambitious singer songwriter (laughs) stuff, if you will. (laughs) I think that like, in in sort of today you think of a singer songwriter as one dimensional kind of one thing uh, like like coffee house kind of mm-hmm. um small stage kind of thing but like it's definitely more reminiscent of those like singer songwriters with a bit of gravitas and a bit of uh bit of bit of bit of a bit of everything really like yeah. we'll throw recently i've been working on stuff where i uh I'm doing some orchestration, mm-hmm. which is going to be a whole nightmare how to figure out how to do live, but that's future <laughs> me's problem. Um, and yeah, basically it's kind of an amalgamation of stuff, but it's very story driven. It's very um, emotion driven, mm-hmm. like art rock, I guess. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question then. How old were you when you put your first band together? When you said, okay, I'm blown away by the U2 uh, bloody uh, Sunday, bloody Sunday, and yo, this is music with essence. How old are you? Are you twelve? Are you fourteen? When are you saying, "This is it. This is the direction I'm walking in," and there was no looking back. It wasn't until a bit later, actually. So, as much as I loved you two at the time, I really wanted to be a soccer player, and that's what took up most of my time when, in sort of like my early teen years. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I got hurt pretty bad and couldn't play for a good two years. Um, and uh, as a high school graduation present, my mom bought me tickets to go see U2's uh, Joshua Tree reunion tour in Toronto. Oh. And um, that moment, I think I was 18, 17, 18 at the time. And that's when I was really like, yo, this is actually i think who i am and what i want to be doing and i just remember oh i still get chills thinking about it now but i just remember the energy of like eighty thousand people just all singing the same lyrics like we don't know each other we don't know what our backgrounds are we don't know we don't know anything but in that moment we're all we're all family and we're all having a great time and uh yeah i was just like i want to do that i want to I want I want to do that yeah so first band I kind of it was interesting where I grew up playing music playing instruments singing and stuff like that was yeah. so not cool um really like it wasn't something I broadcast a lot to like my peers and friends and stuff like I I sang in a choir mm-hmm. um kind of all throughout high school but like I wouldn't tell any of my friends that because they would just roast me you gotta <laughs> um, you gotta unpack that okay why why is that was that just a culture or was that a guy thing that you know playing instruments why, why is that uncool I'm not really sure I think it was kind of the culture of where I grew up um 
a little bit and like i was in a lot of like sort of sports circles where it wasn't it, sure. i guess it wasn't that cool to you know sing in a choir with a bunch of old ladies um <laughs> But um, but that was your passion, but, though. That's what you. Yeah, you know, I loved you it. Having. I loved it. Like it was amazing. Like that we we closed down our our local tea shop afterwards, chatting, like gossiping after. It was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but yeah, up. it wasn't something I was super open about in high mm -hmm. school, um, except for in the music classroom. Of course, I always took music mm -hmm. uh, in high school, mostly because. I, at first, it was just because it was like an easy, good mark for me. Um, <laughs> but as we really got into it, I was, I fell in love with it and I put more of myself into it. And I started bringing in my guitar and um, sharing little tunes I wrote and, um, and, and singing in front of my music classmates and stuff. So it was sort of like very sheltered mm. uh, at first. Yeah. But uh, there wasn't anyone to like make a band with. Um, or anything like nobody nobody was keen so I kind of had to be a solo artist so I started off just writing kind of acoustic guitar songs and going in that way and then when I got my first uh, part-time job yeah. and had a little bit of like spending money and that's when I really got into the electric guitar stuff and effects pedals and amps and like just getting addicted to that kind of stuff um, <laughs> and then I started like experimenting with my sound kind of thing mm -hmm. um, it was always pretty easy because my dad was a keyboard player and like backup singer and stuff so like he was right there so it was naturally he just started playing with me too and at mm -hmm. first just because like I would be jamming on something in my room and then he'd start jamming on the piano in the front room and I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. Let's, and then we'd come out and it would just kind of happen naturally. Um, wow. And then, uh, uh, as I started like getting a little bit more serious, I added our drummer Beaker Granger, mm -hmm. um, who played in another band with my dad. And we've always just been like, we've got along so well. It was like, just so natural to like have him join us yeah. and he's an awesome drummer and just like a great guy to be on the road with like so yeah like we've we've got up to some we've gotten into some good fun trouble out there on the <laughs> <laughs> when touring around and stuff um and then just recently we added curtis yacht our bass player mm -hmm. who used to play in bands with beaker way back in the day and like he just seamlessly slipped into our dynamic mm -hmm. and like we've only been playing with him for like le just less than a year but wow. it feels like he's been there the whole time like i love him to bits he also is a um guitar builder mm. so he built himself a bass guitar wow um and just recently built me a guitar so like at our last show we were we were playing our matching bass guitar and handmade guitars and it was like just such a cool thing. Um, That's beautiful. But yeah, the band has kind of grown um, as needed kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and just out of circumstance, really. Like, it, it was never really like, here we formed a group. It was more just like, come on in. Like, the water's, <laughs> water's fine over here. Hop right in. Like, <laughs> let's uh, make some noise together. That's amazing. And the band is tight. I mean, you know, and watching your videos and whatnot. So you have some seasoned musicians and this almost this multicultural, multi-generational type yeah. thing. So you can draw from a lot of different places 
because they've known that music and grew up with it and you're being exposed to it and you guys can just blend it together. Yeah, it's, it's really like cool. a really cool um like combination of sort of like like Curtis and I who are a bit younger and we're kind of like doing the in touch with the more modern things like we're building gear and 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 experimenting with soundscapes like that and then yeah. we've got like seasoned veterans that can just lock it down yeah. and like it's so easy to teach them a song like sure and they're sure. up for anything so i can throw at them like, like oh here's this weird song it doesn't really have a time signature or a key but uh here's how it goes let's give it a go right. and in a few takes we're we're getting there you know ah. um and it's 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 just it's just fun like we yeah it's just good fun that that sounds fantastic now you uh came out with your first ep back in 2019 uh louder and uh you know you have your new offering now what's the in your mind i i think from a listener i can tell the different nuances but how do you think that you've grown uh, as a musician, as a yeah. songwriter between the two projects? Yeah, the first album, um, I was pretty young. Like, I was 18, 19 when I was writing that. Um, and I think, I think it, you can, you can kind of tell, like, they're kind of like young man's problems in a way <laughs> um, that I was kind of writing about on that one. Um, and I, I still love those songs and I still, like, love to play them live and, they always go over really well, but yeah. the, my newer stuff is, um, I always think the first album was about me and the second album is kind of more about the world. Mm. Um, and like, it's, it's less me centric and more like us centric gotcha. and how we interact with each other and how things are going well and not well in those regards kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's less like, me 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 kind of thing um yeah i think that like obviously covid had a big part to play in that sure um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of songs on my second album inspired by black lives matter stuff mm -hmm. um that was something that was happening in my life at that time i'm i'm pretty pale in this lighting but i am yeah. biracial um mm -hmm. My mom is black and my dad's white mm -hmm. and I grew up in a really small town in Ontario. So like I was the black kid mm -hmm. until my brother came to school with me really. Um, right. So yeah. So um, um, a lot of um, a lot of those experiences came out in that record. Mm -hmm. um, things that I hadn't even really stopped to think about myself yeah. in my in sort of my childhood and stuff that really came to light uh when the black lives matter movement was really like really cooking in 2020 yeah. um and we actually we actually helped organize a black lives matter march in our small town in ontario mm -hmm. which is like 800 people or something um and like 400 people showed up which was mm -hmm. huge mm -hmm. and like it was just such a it was a really positive and um open like embrace experience um we got our first nations community involved too um which was really really great i think um mm -hmm. and we just kind of shared stories 
and 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 obviously marched and protested but it was uh it was a healing and learning space a lot too mm. and that inspired a lot of songs on the record as well wow. um um yeah so it was it's a little heavier yeah <laughs> than the first that's for sure um but uh yeah it is it was it was stuff that i ha really had to get off my chest the mm -hmm. second yeah. That's what an artist is supposed to do is to express themselves from their experiences. And uh, as you said before, not be so myopic, but that again comes with yeah. age. Uh, I like what you said about the from me to us evolution, which is yeah. very, very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, tell me this then. What have you learned? You know, I, I would say that, uh, you know, you're not so far removed from your early 20s that you're yeah. still in this learning space. But what have you learned as an entre musician, as an entrepreneur musician who has to embrace not only the artistic, creative, expressive side, but the business? What are you finding that uh, are growing pains as you build your music business? Yeah, that is a great question. Um, it That's is... why I'm here. I'm here to ask great questions. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, the, I think the biggest growing pain is probably just the, like, the ability to tap into buzz for me. Mm -hmm. um, like, there are times when stuff's going great. I don't have the best like business mindset. Mm -hmm. So I really struggle to kind of make those business connections and those, and those networking decisions. I'm not very good at like plugging myself um, sure. really. Um, and I, and I've never seen music as a competitive endeavor either. Like it's right. always been a collaborative thing, but you kind of like, there are times when it has to be a little bit competitive because it, again, it is a business and like sure. you have to, you have to make those calls sometimes. Um, right. And that's, I'm learning so much and I'm, I'm making mistakes and learning from them. Yeah, I think um, the most important thing um, I have to remember and like any musician has to remember that are trying to get out there and do it yourself is like, you're going to hear a million no's a day. That's like, good. and and like, like that's okay. That no doesn't mean you suck. No just means you're staying put right now. You know, like that didn't, like you didn't take a step in that right. moment, but that's okay. Cause there's lots of steps to take that's and right. there are lots of steps that will want you to take them. Um, and yeah, it's just, just really kind of the, the balance between, um, um, like, um, maybe balance isn't the right word, but the, the sort of like pushing yourself to try new things and do new things, but not getting discouraged when they don't work out and gotcha. just like really holding true in what you do and believing in yourself, basically, yeah. um, that things will be okay. Cause sometimes they're, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're not. Um, right. And you just got to kind of ride the highs and, and just like embrace the lows really. Like they're, they're a part of it. You can't get rid of them. 
unfortunately, as much as we would all love to just like <laughs> blow up every day and every day be a raging success. It's not right. the way it works. So you got it. <laughs> just like I found what's really important is I have to like take breaks mm -hmm. and, and, and pursue other things. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and, and like not put so much onus on like every day I gotta be, I gotta be crushing it. And yeah. like, sometimes if you're not, especially when it's not going well, yeah. sometimes it's best to just have a rest day or two yeah. or something. And That's just true. like, just Regroup. like, I'll go play with my dog or like hang out with yeah. my brother or do something to just kind of like ground myself a little bit. There you that's, go. yeah, that's really something I, I'm still working on now because it's very easy to get wrapped up in the whirlwind of it all. That's right. That's right. No, that's, that's very good. And it is a learning process and you do fail forward and you do learn that, hey, you know, just because this particular person said no, they're not rejecting me. It may not be, the song may not be right for the project or what have you. Yeah. I mean, so it's all a learning curve. Yeah. I'm glad you expanded on that. Now, uh, how often does Joss Ritchie get to play in the States? Are you more confined to Ontario and, and Canada? Or are you coming across uh, the line and, and, and hooking us up over here in the U.S.? We're working on it. We are working on it. Um, we've got some, we, we had kind of a weird year. We all actually got COVID. Oh my! Pretty bad, and it and it kind of like pushed us back like a good couple months mm -hmm. um, on all our plans and stuff. So we are looking at some touring in the states. I've never actually been out of country yet um, with with this uh, act or anything, mm -hmm. um, but it's really something I'm looking forward to. Um, we are, yeah, it's really early stages. We're just kind of looking at how feasible it is and how like affordable it is in this kind of market. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's something that it, it will happen very soon, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to getting to really take the show on the road. And like like I've toured a bit around Ontario and stuff, but like to properly get out there and to like I'm I'm so excited to to start doing that kind of thing. Well, you have a, a great crew uh, behind you. Uh, your videos are magnificent, man. You want to tell us a little bit about your team? Yeah. So um, we are actually, we just started working together on a bunch of other projects too. Uh, they're called CTRE Productions here in Owen Sound. Um, and uh, they are awesome. Like. Yeah just the coolest group of people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. We actually just got back from uh, live streaming an event like at like 7 a.m. last night. Um, um, it was the a big Canadian live events uh, conference kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we had a blast down there, met a bunch of cool people and, and got to show off kind of what the CTRE crew do. Um, and yeah, like they are amazing. So that video was in their studios and uh, it's mostly a live mix right off the floor. Like we just played the song and as we played the song, they were up in the control room. They're cutting, they're crossfading, they're zooming, they're getting all the shots they need. We um, did go back and do some overlayers for some close-ups on solos and stuff, but it's mostly all one take. Wow. Which was something I really wanted for that song in that video. I really mm -hmm. wanted to like, 
um like we kind of talked about a little bit on the artist impact show the build of it yeah really wanted to capture that that was the whole that's the whole magic to that song and sure. they just knocked it out of the park they just they we we um had some production meetings we chatted it out we designed it all and then they just came in on their end and crushed it wow. um yeah they're just awesome to work with and i'm so excited to get to work with them more really <laughs> i understand it well tell me about josh ritchie in the studio you are multi-instrumentalist on stage you're mostly on guitar but in the studio i guess you're all over the place what are you doing yeah so um especially on the second record i played that was before um we had our bass player curtis join us so okay. i was playing bass on all that um, and it was in the middle of COVID. So, uh, Beaker couldn't come and drum for me. So I bought a drum kit and I, I played a little bit of drums in high school. Um, but that was a good few years <laughs> before I started this recording project. And, uh, yeah, I picked it back up and I, I, there were some heavy edits in it. Let me tell you, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was playing drums. I was playing bass. Dad did most of the keyboards. I think I played some keyboards. We can't actually remember yeah. <laughs> who did what. Um, <laughs> anything complicated, he did. Um, and yeah, guitar and vocals. And I think that's all that's on that one. It's mm. kind of, yeah. But yeah, I do like to, I love the studio, really. I love the studio. I have a great home studio set up so I can really like, like flesh out an idea when yeah. it happens. Um, yeah. And I love being able to just work slow mm -hmm. and get the right sound. Like we were, uh, my bass player, Curtis and I were doing some stuff just a few days ago and like we were in there for six, seven hours. And right. I think only about like 45 minutes of that was actually playing <laughs> recording. And the rest of it was just getting the right sounds. Right. And like, right. we were like kind of excitedly tearing our hair out like tweaking little things, moving mics around, um, trying new stuff, trying unorthodox stuff. Like right. I just love that whole process of yeah. like really deep diving in, mm. in, in driving myself crazy, trying to get the sound I hear in my head to come out of the speakers. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love every process of recording. I, um, I kind of have a background in like audio engineering and I I'm getting into producing other artists as, as well. Um, and just so much fun to like, I love, I love hearing a song and trying to take it somewhere. And oh, yeah. like my, my dad is working on a solo album right now and he's, I've been lucky enough to help him and produce that record and stuff. And like some of the stuff we're doing is, awesome and i'm really excited for people to hear it and i'm really excited that he let me like he trusted me with his songs and stuff um yeah and uh we've got another couple projects lined up my bass player curtis has some songs that we're about to go record like later this weekend wow. um and uh yeah i've got a couple other pals in music that we're we're talking about doing some stuff together mm -hmm. and uh yeah i love i love every bit i love the mixing and the like I love to kind of see a song all the way through. Yeah. Um, like 
I it starts with whatever it starts with a little hook or lyric or whatever and then it becomes like a campfire one instrument kind of thing to kind of get the layout of it then we start to get into the band arrangement then into the production and the mixing and then off to mastering and like I love to watch it evolve and really like nurture it all the way through um yeah it's just uh yeah it's too much fun if I could if I could <laughs> Be in there every day, I would. <laughs> I can dig it. I, I uh, feel your passion for it. I was going to ask you that question with respect to your songwriting. Uh, do you find that the music comes first for you or do the lyrics come first? That's an interesting one. They, I think, I'd almost say more often than not, they come together. Mm. Um, okay. And That's interesting. it's sort of like, like, uh, a chorus or a verse mm -hmm. melody will come to me with a few lines or mm -hmm. at least a cadence of how I want it to sound. Um, yeah, it often starts that way and then I can build a chord progression or whatever around it and kind of tweak both lyrically and musically um, as it evolves. Um, yeah, that happens more often than not mm -hmm. um, for me at least. Uh, sometimes, not always like sometimes it, I'll just be jamming on a guitar or something and, and uh, uh, come across something that I'm like, Oh, that has potential. Um, and I'll kind of like, like lock it away in my brain or like make a little voice memo or something that I, I have it right. kind of uh, in reserve when it, when it's needed. Right. Um, same with the lyrics. Like I just have notebooks everywhere where I'm always scribbling down like, like we could be like what I could be like watching a show or something and of like course. like uh, like a phrase or something that makes me think of a thing yeah. that could be a lyric and I'll jot that down and save it for later kind of thing. But yeah, it uh, there's it's not a it's not an exact science the way I write a song. <laughs> uh, it often is by accident. Like I'll be like oftentimes like I'll be driving home from my little um recording set up at our family cottage and uh i'll just be thinking about what i was doing for the day and then i'll get a great idea and have to turn right around and go back <laughs> and make sure that it it gets down somewhere so i'm not forgetting it um yeah it's uh it's all it's a it's a mishmash of things sometimes i'll take like a part of a song that i kind of like and another part of a song that i kind of like and they'll come together to make one song sometimes yeah. they split and make two songs sometimes uh, elements of a bunch of things will come together to make one song right it's always it's always different <laughs> that's right my goodness well i you know I, the one thing that i love about you is your passion i really do uh, appreciate the energy that you bring to the music making prog process i really do appreciate what you and how you present yourself, what you present and how you present it, uh, if I could get my words out correctly, on stage and in the video and, and, and all of the footage that I've seen. With respect to production, know you love it, know you're passionate about it. What are the things that you best appreciate about the performance aspect? Because I, I, I see from the footage, what I see is one and the same. I see the same intensity and intentionality yeah. that goes into both. What do you appreciate about stage work and, and performing your music? Yeah, I really like to craft a show. Mm -hmm. Like I spend a lot of time thinking about 
set lists and how songs go into one another and kind of like what I'm going to say in between songs um, and how I'm going to tie in whatever themes of songs are like how, how they're all going to blend together kind of thing. Um, And I like thinking about like little things like doing that acoustic intimate thing that I was talking about earlier and like how that will shape a night kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I also love when I can work with other bands and like, how are we all gonna like shape a night together? Like how, who, the order of things. And like, I love when I can call them back up, like we can all do some stuff together and like, um, like a nice cover or something where we all get to sing along and the audience can sing along. And, um, yeah, I really like to craft it, Mm. um, as much as I can. Um, the stage like performing is such a high that like it's something that like when i don't do it every once in a while i get a little weird um <laughs> and like it, it it'll be like like why am i so like empty right now it's like oh i guess it's been a few weeks since i've had a show like i'm i've got to get back out there and like do it again um yeah it's uh it's kind of a different beast than the studio mm-hmm. um and i like it to be i like to I'll, most of our songs kind of have our record version and our live version um and and unless like i specify to the band specifically like this is what we're doing on this one i let them kind of take it where they will because yeah. i trust them and they're all great and like it's just gonna be awesome no yeah. matter what um so uh yeah it's it's more of a collaborative space probably than the studio yeah um and it's always just about how can we give people something that they'll take home and never forget kind of thing. Um, um, yeah. Like always trying to make sure that like, it's a paying audience, right? Like, like right. we gotta, gotta satisfy. Um, That's right. yeah. That's absolutely right. Now let's flip it on his ear then. And, uh, what are the challenges or pressures of performing? And in production, I know you spent the six hours trying to get the mic exactly right, but that's not that's to me, that's not a pressure. That's just trying to get it right and get that yeah. sound. But are there specific challenges that you find personally about performing or about production that you are still trying to work around? Production, mostly it's just deadlines like if I, I never, I never think things are done and I could spend (laughs) like years on a record if (laughs) if that made any sense at all. But like, there comes a point in time where you got to call it, like, um, you gotta, you gotta put it out there or else what's the point kind of thing. Um, that's the biggest issue I always have. And I'll spend a lot of sleepless nights thinking like, Oh, I could just tweak this. Or if I could just tweak that, but sometimes you gotta be like, no, no, no it's that's enough like it's it's, it's okay once you start changing and unchanging and rechanging and then you kind of realize okay okay i'm just crazy right. um, <laughs> but yeah with live performance is a little bit of a different story um i think what we struggle with a lot is we are a loud band mm-hmm. um a lot of our a lot of my like tone alone comes from a dialed marshall amp like and and there's kind of no way around that like that's just the sound of the band and like that's how we do it and 
we're okay with it. We're a little hard of hearing, but we're okay with it. Um, and I think finding, especially in the post COVID world, finding venues that we fit into, mm. um, cause a lot of places are struggling. A lot of places are shut down and even a lot of places are doing okay, but still, um, rebooking stuff that they had through the pandemic and cool. like, they're just full. Um, right. so, uh, uh, yeah, just, just finding venues that we, we don't, you know, hurt anybody in, um, is probably one of the bigger challenges there. The other thing is just like the rising cost of touring, like the gas prices that are kind of chilling out now, but like for a little while we had to, we actually had to cancel our enough shows cause we couldn't afford to sure. go out and back kind of thing with accommodation and the cost of gas. We travel we do not travel light. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it would have been just not a good business decision to go ahead with that, which is a hard call to make. Um, because obviously you want to take every performance opportunity you can. Yeah. Um, and like, it's would be so much fun to play in all these places I've never played before. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Um, which was sort of, tough i guess like 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 we felt good in the decision but didn't feel good about feeling good about the of decision course, yeah sense. no yeah that makes um, perfect sense yeah yeah that's the that's the real trick i guess mm -hmm. for our last little bit of touring um but yeah there there's nothing they're they're kind of good problems to have like like um at least we're getting the shows way away that we couldn't get to you know like there were people that wanted us to come and come hear us so like that's something to take away from um and like we still have great connections with those venues and those people like we will get to them one day exactly. um it just didn't work out at the time um and even with the studio stuff like like yeah sure a song's never done but that's just as much of a good thing as it is a bad thing we can do we different versions it. And right. change it up and we can try stuff um yeah they're they're sort of good problems to have at the end of the day i think that's absolutely correct i'll ask you one more question in line with that is uh did you do any streaming uh shows uh when you couldn't get out and perform or what's your strategy on on streaming live we did a couple i don't tend to like them mm -hmm. um because so much of how so much of our act really is like the connection with the audience and the when interact. it's not immediate yes, when yes, we yes. can't really interact like yeah. normal yeah it it doesn't it doesn't feel quite right sure. it was sort of like um it was sort of it just it was it was not it yeah. wasn't scratching that it kind of thing I understand um, we did do a couple like when when asked to i didn't really seek any out but yeah. when they found me i didn't say no kind of thing mm -hmm. um we did a great one like and the thing i found most about them is like it's just a, like we still kind of did get that connection mm -hmm. but it was a more prolonged over time thing gotcha. like um um a great a guy who's now become a really great friend and we've done so many live amazing live shows together um my pal steven james Orr from toronto up here mm -hmm. um he reached out in covid and asked if i would do a live stream with his kind of concert series thing and we had mutual friends so i was like absolutely and just a short little acoustic set just intimate in my living room 
Um, and like now he's a great friend, a great resource for stuff. Like through him, I've met so many more amazing musicians and people and uh, got to do shows with so many great people. Um, wow. So like, yeah, that was a like, we got there in the end. It just kind of took two years. <laughs> um, and then we recently did uh, a festival out of Toronto called Winter Folk um, mm -hmm. that had to be pushed online because of our last lockdown just in January there at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, that was a tricky one just logistically to get something out to them quickly. Right. Um, and that was a little bit of a different one because it was like a pre-recorded video and all the artists sent in a pre-recorded video and oh. then they created a thing and then live streamed that. Um, so there were definitely challenges to that. Like there's a lot of songs we can't do. Like, mm -hmm. obviously we were locked down. So it was just me and dad. Um, and uh, like, we can't do the big amp loud thing. Uh, right. It just doesn't work. Um, which is fine. Like we, I love doing a few acoustic songs every now and then, but I really only have a few acoustic songs and we had to fill up so much time. Um, and Long yeah, we solos. Had to, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we had to get creative a little bit, but again, like, um, there are great relationships that we made through that, that are mm -hmm. still growing and still, um, um, like we haven't really seen the full benefit of that yet. Uh, but I'm excited to kind of see where those connections can go. I think uh, actually there have been a few patrons of that live stream that I've since met in real shows, um, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're still kind of seeing like where, where those kind of like long-term slow growth relationships will take us, which is kind of exciting. And yeah. Those are the best ones though, because they grow organically and you're yeah. able to really foster and nurture them. And, and that's, what's going to help you in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. Like and that's this one, like this one right here. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, we, we really, you know, we took in so many uh, incredible submissions uh, but it was something about the way that you approached your song. It was the beginning, obviously, be because of TV time. We had to kind of edit it a little bit on the front end and in the back. But lovely stuff that you do, man. Just, you know, I, I had to reach out to you. So, you know, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. But let me ask you this last question, Josh. And uh, it is uh, really uh, the answer to the unasked questions, because obviously in the interviews you do, you're probably given, you know, hey, we're going to ask you this, that or the other. And perhaps you thought, well, when Jerry calls, he's going to ask me this question that every other interviewer asked me, but I didn't. And you, <laughs> you want to answer that question. Do you have a question, uh, an answer for the unasked question? Um. That's a good question, actually. That's really a that's is. a see that's a that's a whole uh, that's a lot for my my tired brain, actually. But I I don't know really. Um, I I get really rambly in interviews like this and kind of forget what we've covered and stuff. Like I could I could go for days, um, but I think. Uh, I, I really don't know. I, I, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> you know, um, we've we've covered we've covered it. Huh? The unanswered question is just like it's more of a 
it's less of a question and more of just to put it out there to anyone watching or listening to that, that like, if you connect with something that we were chatting about, don't be afraid to reach out and follow up. Or like, I'd love to chat more with anyone who wants to really yeah. like, that's the whole point of this business. And this, uh, this like creative endeavors is to meet people and chat with people and get to know people. And like, I'm, I'm here, I'm open, like reach out on social media or whatever. Like let's, let's chill. Absolutely. Well, I've enjoyed our time together. I know it won't be the last time and there's nothing but incredible success in, in front of you. And, and those of you who are listening uh, to this podcast or even watching, you know, when you go to joshritchie.com, it's a very well laid out website, very great EPK that's on there. Great media, great music, great videos. And uh, I contend that this young man is going to be a man to watch as the 20s continue to unfold i mean that with all my heart brother thank you man thank you so much that means so much and uh just thanks for chatting like this was awesome i love these i love doing this kind of thing so thank you so much thank you for being a wonderful conversationalist I appreciate you, brother. And I appreciate you, too. I, it's wonderful when you jump in with us and uh, we try to present the best of the best. As I said before, whether they are Grammy-winning icons or those who have just dropped two or three EPs, we love them. We're all entree musicians and we're all out here together. So check out Josh Ritchie. Check his music out. If you are in Canada, go see a show. Go knock on his door. Go break down. Ontario and try to get with this brother. He's very accessible and uh, you will uh, enjoy having him as a friend and a musical compadre. My name is Jerry B. I definitely want you to check us out at the Entree Musician. Do it now. As soon as this is done, go to theentreemusician.com kick the tires, join us in our growing community. And also remember, I'm going to have the description of Artist Impact TV down in the description box. You'll see the links down there so you can click on and uh, be exposed to even more wonderful artists. Peace and blessings to you. You have a great day. We'll see you next time. Peace.